You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Faribay, right for Pittsburgh Source. Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And, folks, today's episode, it's Peach Bull Week, so you know we have to start a little bit of Peach Bull talk because, of course, we have to talk about the Peach Bull. First and foremost, folks, Tim Salem being named the interim offense coordinator. We'll talk about that and what that could mean for this upcoming game. We'll also talk about the potential returns of Melky Stovall and Jalen Barden, what that could mean for the offense and how it could potentially open things up. And we'll also start talking a little bit about Michigan State, talking about what team they are and the basics of what they might bring. All that's coming up, folks, on Locked On Pit. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day, folks. Really appreciate it. And today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Now, folks, today's episode is it's Peach Bowl Week. It's the start of it. Big week for Pitt. You know, I, I know Kenny's not playing. We know Taysier Mac's not playing. Not that I expected Mac to play anyways. Damari Mathis will not play. But we have our answers now to a lot of things. And by a lot of things, I mean we have our answer to the interim offensive coordinator. There is some talk, you know, about who it could be. Would it be Brendan Marriott? Would it be Tim Salem? Well, it's Tim Salem. And this does make sense. And I think it was, as you kind of heard more and more and we got closer and closer to it, it, it felt like it would be him, right? Like, Tim Salem made sense to be the guy. Very experienced, very tenured. He's a guy that's been here since 2015. He's a guy that has called games before. Was the offense coordinator at UCF. Who's the office coordinator at Eastern Michigan? This is a guy that has been an office coordinator at Purdue. I mean, this is a guy that has multiple stops as a offensive coordinator. So this is a guy that knows how to run offense, has seen his way around the offense. That that ability and that experience to be at that level, I think, gives you a, a kind of comfort level in that. You know what this guy at least brings. You know he's up for it. You know that he has prepped well for it. And, and you know, he's not, it's not like he's coming in here and actually changing the scheme, right? So, Tim Salem's not a guy that's, that's going to come in here and change Mark Whipple's scheme. This is going to be Mark Whipple's offense without Mark Whipple calling the plays. That's essentially what this is going to be. So you just want a you just want a guy that's been in these situations, has been in these leverage situations, that knows what to do with everything, and essentially what to work with, how to work with it. These situations require this. This is how you attack this in Mark Whipple's scheme. And 
Listen, he knows Whipple's scheme extremely well. And, and so Salem has been around the block a lot. Salem runs a very similar scheme to what Whipple runs. So it makes sense that he would be the one to call it. You know, as, as much as I really wanted this to be a Brennan Marion audition, it wouldn't have been much of an audition because there wouldn't have been much go-go stuff coming out anyways. They wouldn't have run the go-go offense. They would have run Whipples and just would have been Marion calling it as the as the figurehead, which would have been cool and all, you know. It would have been cool to say, Brennan Marion is going to be the offense coordinator for the Peach Bowl and he's going to get a really, really cool opportunity here to, to kind of flash it off. But it is what it is. And I think, you know, that's coming for Brennan Marion. It's coming one way or another. I think it's becoming clear and clear that this is a guy that, that's, that's shooting off on a rocket. But, but Salem makes sense because of his tenure, because of his experience, because he's a guy that knows everyone on this roster inside and out. Just because he's been here since 2015. You know, no one can say they've been here that long. No one can say they've been here as long as Tim Salem has. And while, you know, Borbley's been here, but this is his fourth season now, Powell's been here a while as well, although he's the special teams coordinator. But you feel like Salem has that experience. He has really the true confidence level that would overall bring you up a notch. And you would be able to say, okay, this is a guy that knows Nick Patty well, this is a guy that knows the skill sets of everyone well. He knows the ins and outs of this offense probably better than anybody. He knows the style in which Pat Narduzzi works throughout the week better than anybody. He knows everybody better than pretty much anyone else. And with the experience as an offense coordinator, you like the ability there of Tim Salem to be the guy to call plays in the Peach Bowl. And... Listen, Marion is a dude that's going to be a phenomenal coach. And he's a great coach. And you saw the improvement. And I love the go-go offense and everything. His opportunity is going to come. It's going to come. And rightfully so. But Tim Salem has this experience. He knows it better than anyone else. It makes sense to me. I think both make sense. I think if you put Mary in there, you can easily say young upstart coordinator. Guy gets shot. It's great. And, and everyone gets to see what he's made of and, and all this. I think that makes sense too. I think, you know, Brent Marion getting it makes sense. But I think so does Tim Salem. Tim Salem has the experience. He knows Nick Patty well. He knows the skill sets well. He knows the ins and outs of this whole thing. Everyone knows that. And, and when everyone knows that about Tim Salem, do you know what you're going to get in Tim Salem? I think that's the thing about this. You know what you're going to get in him. And, you know, it, it it's not a, it's really, 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 really not a bad move at all. It's one game. I, I honestly think they're probably going to go outside of the program to get it. And, and so Salem overall, he's going to be a guy that has already been in the booth. He's going to give the plays down to the field. And he's going to be a guy that, that is going to 
be able to go from his vantage point. He's been throughout the process. It's very smooth because he's been in the booth all year. He's got the experience level. He knows the offense probably better than anyone. He knows it all extremely well. He knows the ins and outs of everything. And because he does, Tim Salem is going to be a guy that I think might have a little bit of a different tendency. He's always had a balanced type of approach. And that's the thing about Salem is that Salem has been a guy that while he is very detail-oriented, I feel like he's a guy that does at least focus on running the football a little more than Mark Whipple did. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of in Canada, Hammond, for example, um, Vincent Davis. We saw a little bit more running the ball, trying to get the pressure off Nick Patty, uh, because that's kind of what you have seen Mark Whipple be able to do, and all you have to do is call the plays. I mean, it's not crazy. There are a ton of plays in that in that playbook that work in, in a lot of different schemes and zones and gap schemes and you can run whatever you want but that might be the biggest change but Tim Salem's very 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 polished and he knows the offense well so this is an interim thing for him and and I think it's going to be fine with him overall just making the smooth transition already being up there in the booth being kind of the second observer up there already, he's now going to be just the official guy. And, and you know, Kenny's going to be his right-hand man up there and everything. I think it's a good move overall. And again, Brendan Murray shouldn't feel slighted by this because I think it could have just as easily gone to him. And I think he'll also have a, a highly involved process um, within the game planning and, and all of that and kind of the gig overall. I feel like Brendan Murray will definitely have a big-time position in this all. But you just look at that overall and you see Tim Salem also has the experience and you can see why I do side with him here. Now, folks, I do want to talk about Milky Stillwell and Jalen Barron potentially returning. But first, I want to let you know about Built Bar. For folks, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein, folks. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, with so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brown. I don't know. You're going to have a tough time choosing them, and trust me, you'll get passionate about a flavor real quick. And once you get that, it's all over from there. And folks, listen, you like some of those marshmallow treats around the holiday, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. That light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good you won't believe they're filled with protein. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, folks. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College World Playoff Preview 2021, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview around. And folks, listen, I have a Peach Bowl preview over there. Make sure to go listen to it. It's all good, all great stuff over there. Make sure to check it out, folks, though. Speaking of the Peach Bowl, we are going to talk a little bit more about the Peach Bowl and what can go on there. It sounds like this this Panthers receiving core will get some reinforcements. And Taysier Mack obviously opting out. That plague 
Uh, we don't know if he would have been able to play anyways um, with a broken collarbone. But we will have Melky Stovall back. Stovall is 100% good to go for this game, as Pat Narduzzi noted. And then Jalen Barden. I mean, Jalen Barden is a guy that, that is fighting hard, apparently, to play, and he might play. So we'll see if Jalen Barden can can play in this game as well. But just the effect of, of these two potentially coming back, with Nick Patty obviously being the quarterback. And, and, you know, over those last few games, I don't want to say it felt like the offense lulled at times, but it did. It felt like they had a little bit more ebb and flow to them, and they didn't have as many consistent up ups, I guess. You know, it wasn't always a straight line that's just like, yes, they were great, and obviously they were very good, but there were more kind of hurdles to overcome, and it felt like part of that was the receiving core, at least to a degree. And and here's kind of what I want to say about that, is because when you lost Taysir Mack, you lost the field-stretching ability of Taysir Mack, and you, you lost the contested catch ability of Taysir Mack. Now, the contested catch ability can be replaced by Jared Wayne. Outside of Jordan Addison, there's really no one else that can stretch the field outside of Jalen Barton. And that's the thing. Barton was the backup field stretcher here. And so if you get him back, you now have to have a team that must, and I mean this, they must watch for the speed of Jalen Barton. And having that kind of offset this athletic secondary of Michigan State, while they're obviously bad in 130 out of 130, trust me, we'll talk about stuff like that. This is a Michigan State team that's been terrible in pass defense all year long, and so if you can have a field stretcher that can take a little bit of attention away from Madison, or if they want to focus on him and get explosive plays himself, huge. And that's why Jalen Barton would be a big return, because Barton is a guy Pitt hasn't had in this offense since the Miami game. And they've obviously done really well since then. But man, it, it would make this offense more lethal and, and tougher to guard. And so Barton's ability to potentially go and, and hit those big plays would be something huge. I think that would be great to see Barton play. Now Stovall, he's kind of a different type of mode. Because he's that quick slot receiver, that quick shifty slot that... Pitt likes to have on the roster, and it depends on who it is. Before it's been DJ Turner, it's been Maurice France, it's been Rafaela Rujo Lopes, it's been Quadri Henderson. Like they always like to have this type of slot receiver on their team. Now the Whipple offense specifically has you know the DJ Turners. It, they have a very diverse route tree, and they're they're a three level threat, and and so. Essentially, essentially, folks, what happens is what Pitt can do here is they can they can get guys into conflict and they can leverage, you know, they can leverage Jordan Addison in different ways. So you want to go to Addison here, well, we'll just get it to Melky Stovall. Or, you know, Stovall's going to clear out here and settle down, maybe not run a big route tree, but... If you want to leave him open, we'll throw it right to him, and we know he has the ability to get quick yak for us. 
And that's kind of the the, the difference that Stovall allows because it gives you another guy that has yak ability. Now, I don't want to say, you know, this is not to say other guys don't have yak ability. Of course they do. You know, obviously, I think Jared Wayne has been much improved in that area this year. He's a big guy doing little guy things, and he talked about that, you know. He wants to be a big guy that does little guy things, and he's a big guy that does little guy things and combines them with big guy things. He'll truck you in an instant, and it's pretty fun to watch. But, you know, outside of that, they don't have really a guy, you know. Jaden Bradley's not really that guy. He, he's he's still figuring out. Trey Tipton's really not that guy. Shockey Jacques-Louis can be that guy, but, you know, with, usually he's the guy blocking nowadays because... Who else is there going to be? So, really, when you look at Pitt overall, these guys just add more dynamic ability to their offense. It just makes it tougher to guard. I think that's a big thing for Pitt, is having that ability overall to stretch the field up top, and you can you can call these different shot plays that are really effective. I think Barden is going to be really fun if he can play. Obviously, he's questionable right now. But but getting Jalen Barden back would be huge for this team. Huge, huge, huge for this team. Not only would it be a homecoming of sorts for him as he's going back to Georgia, Barden would be a guy that can beat you in, in different ways. And, man, he was really starting to show the flashes when 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 he was really starting to get going, just he made a great catch when he hurt his shoulder, and it felt like as they were going on and on, it felt like this guy was getting more and more comfortable. He was using his speed in more ways to to get open. I'm really excited to see what Jalen Barton can potentially bring if he plays. I think he'd be a big addition to this team. So we'll see if Barton can suit up. If he can though, having that field stretching ability to someone to take that pressure off. Addison and off Wayne and off Bartholomew and off whoever they key in on is big, especially against a pass defense this bad. Being able to exploit that to the biggest level, which you will be able to do with Stovall or Barton, huge stuff. Absolutely huge stuff. Jalen Barton, man, could be potentially a big one. And, and, and I think Barton is a guy overall that when you look at him, really fun player. Speedy guy, can have big plays anytime you want. He's a guy that continually grows, and, and I, I really hope that we get to see a nice dose of Jalen Barton. And Mel Key Stovall in his final game hopefully can get a few big plays. He's a three-level threat. Maybe not as good a route runner as a guy like DJ Turner was, but certainly a guy that's dangerous and certainly a guy that can be a dependable receiver for you in a pinch, and I think that's also very important for Pitt. Uh, to get to get working with having him. All right, folks, we'll talk a little bit about just the basics, a basic outline of Michigan State and what they bring to the table. But first, I want to let you know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through its college bowl season and the pro football playoff. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus, and that's our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorites of Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet 
all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing, all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, and let's talk a little bit about Michigan State and kind of what these guys bring to the table overall as a football team. Specifically, I want to talk about their defense because we've talked about the, the pit offense kind of all day, so it, it makes sense to me that we would then go to the Michigan State defense. Talk a little bit about what they bring to the table, just some basic stats. Again, we'll talk about them more in depth as we get even closer to everything, but I want to talk a little bit about just the basics of this team and, and kind of what they bring to the table. Because this Michigan State defense, whew, it's been a rough go of things for these guys this year. And I know they're 10-2, but wow, has this been an abysmal pass defense. Absolutely abysmal. Here's the thing. This team is a terrible pass defense on every level. And it goes past just the worst pass defense in in the nation, quite literally. I mean, they are quite literally the worst pass defense in the nation. It goes past that. You know, these guys, to be quite honest with you, when you look at what they allow penalty-wise, just the penalty yards per game, Michigan State, 110th, uh, 304 first downs allowed on this season. By this defense. The crazy part. They don't even allow a a lot of explosive plays. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. This team though. Man. It's rough. Only 9 interceptions on the year. It's a rough defense. Now the sacks. They're not crazy. They're not bad. In fact they, they, they get almost 3 a game. That's most in the Big Ten. So that's kind of their saving grace. So this is a solid front four, solid front seven. But boy, boy, is this a bad, bad pass defense. They're 18th in the nation in rush defense. This is a good rushing defense, man. This is a good rush defense. So, you know, while I think that there there has to be some balance to it, passing the ball is definitely the way to go. Even with Nick Patty, you could think it dunk your way down the field on this defense. They can't match them. I'm telling you, I do not think they can match Pitt man-to-man. So it's really up to Nick Patty, I think, to see what he can do. Can he get the ball accurately? Can he make the right decisions? Can he take care of the football? It really hasn't mattered who Michigan State's played this year. It doesn't matter what level of quarterback they are. If they're really good, they get absolutely blitzed. And if they're not good, even, that quarterback still gets their doing. They still get their doing. That's the thing here. Is that Pitt, even in bad situations here, if Nick Patty's bad, you could probably still get pretty solid yardage off this defense. This defense is really bad passing yards-wise. And then they allow a lot of easy drives down the field via their passing defense. You saw what Ohio State did to them, and I know... Ohio State's a hyper-efficient offense, but Pitt has a lot of the same schematic ideas that offense has. A lot of the same route tree ideas. They're not the same offense, but...
But a lot of this, you know, these kind of option route ideas, it fits with Whipple. Does. And it's it's rough. And Pitt obviously has a ton of talent at receiver. And if they get Barton and Stovall back even more. So you look at this defense, it's a tough one. It's a rough defense. And they don't force a ton of turnovers in terms of interceptions. So it's a defense that can get after you, but this offensive line has been solid. But that right side has to hold up. It's a defense that can get after you. It's a good rushing defense. But it's a brutal passing defense. And that's the thing. They're 10-2. But don't forget, they're 10-2 in a lot of ways because of their offense. And being able to keep up with the other team's offense. Without Kenneth Walker, we'll see if that's going to be the case. Peyton Thorne's no joke. And we'll talk about their, their kind of quarterback situation, their offense tomorrow. But it's no joke. But still, this team is really porous in the secondary. Really porous. Allowing the highest QB rating in the nation. They they allow pretty much every high passer rating, quarterback rating, yards. They're last in just about all those categories. And that's the crazy thing here. This is a really bad pass defense. And and while they, they, they haven't even been banged up a ton, it's just these guys have not proven to be up to the challenge. And when you have a guy like Jordan Anderson on the other side, if you're pit, you have to feel good about that. So pass, attacking this pass defense is number one. You can get plays against him. You can get explosive plays. You can get all of that, folks. All of that, and that's what Pitt is going to have to do. Folks, thanks for listening, but before we get out of here, I want to let you know about Locked on Bets. Locked on Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, is free and available on all platforms. Go check it out, folks. As always, thanks for listening, and hail to Pitt.